Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another edition of Raising Vibration Radio. I'm your host, Reverend Raven, and tonight um, we have a, a, an amazing guest that's been on the show in the past, and he, well, not recently, a couple of months ago, had a download back in October that's going to share the message with us. And uh, we ask you to participate and ask as many questions you want. Remember, you can type in those comments and ask your questions, and we will be glad to answer them for you to the best that we can. And also, before we start tonight's show, I just want to give a um, a shout out Um and a remembrance actually to um, a fellow time banker, um, uh, Mr. Khan, that passed away. And we know that he's over on the other side. So, you know, we, you know, he's given us so much to think about. And, and we just want to, uh, Edgar Khan, uh, let him know that, uh, you know, you're always in our hearts. So just a shout out to his wife and let her know that we love and think about her all the time. So, all right, without further ado, I welcome our guest, Tom Coates. Hi, Tom. How are you? Good to see you. It's good to see you, too. So welcome back and, and tell us about your download that you had back in October. I'm excited to hear this. Oh, well, let me, let me uh, t say before we get into that, I may appear a little flat tonight. I may grimace a little bit because... Uh, Last a week ago today, I had a fall and I and, and I broke my right arm at the top of the humerus bone, just below the shoulder, in three places, including the ball that connects with the shoulder joint. So, so uh, it's it's been a it's been a challenging uh, few days, and uh, and and you know they tell me that in a month or so I'll feel just fine, but right now it's a, it's a little bit uh, I'm a little bit stressed over that. Um, now this, what I'm, what I'm here to talk about is, uh, is a, what I would call an expanded framework. I've, I've talked about this in a couple of venues, uh, over the last couple of, uh, let me turn my phone off here so it won't ring while I'm talking, um, uh, in a couple of venues and, and it was, uh, it was in a one one I spoke about last weekend. It was it was titled uh, "Beyond All That Is," which is probably literally as 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 uh, descriptive as it can be. Um, this is a, a a framework that that does go beyond what we think of as all that is, and and the background on it is that. Uh, is that uh, uh, I have worked for many years. Well, I'll just start. I'll start a little earlier than that. But I've I've been in my own life uh, in connection with various uh, non-physical intelligences, if you will, since I was a child. Uh, when I was a kid, I would I would uh, I would get guidance through voices in my head. Uh, when I was a teenager, I was introduced formally in a formal sense to uh, uh, entities that referred to themselves as my spirit guides. Um, and in, in a, a, the first of many out-of-body experiences uh, uh, in another realm outside of time and space. And, uh, 
and I've had that kind of those kinds of experiences uh, substantially all my life. And so, uh, and I have worked over the years, over several decades, with a number of different channels who, on a regular basis, channel various entities. Some, most channels will be uh, will will have an, a particular entity or intelligence that they that they connect with and uh and i've worked with one in particular on a weekly basis for the last 16 plus years uh i've worked with others uh on a sporadic basis uh, over many years longer than that and uh and in more recent years there have been a couple i've worked with on a non-regular basis but quite frequently so in addition to my own connections with spirit, uh, I, I've, I've tried to work with others who who were more attuned to uh, uh, to just tuning in all the time than I am. And so, uh, so all my life I've been I've, I've had that kind of connection, and all my life I've been what, what one might refer to as a seeker. And uh, and notwithstanding that I've had a career. Uh, which continues as a lawyer. It's my day job. I've, I've had I've had this other aspect that has uh, kept me interested in things uh, on a more on a on a different plane. Um, and so, any any questions about that? Uh, well, I, I have a question, Tom, because yeah. you know, growing up. Um, and having that ability to communicate with spirit on the other side or being able to channel entities. Mm -hmm. Did you feel out of place at <laughs> all in society? I mean, I just got to put that out there real quick. Uh, well, I didn't feel so much out of place because it was not something I shared with others. I was, uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, smart enough to keep it to myself, if you will. But also, uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. I, I was, uh, uh, when I was three years old, I, I, I had an experience, a precognitive experience where, where I was running a, a rubber John Deere toy tractor up and down my father's body one evening while he was reading, reading a, probably a Mickey Spillane a detective novel or something. And, and as I was doing it, I started seeing uh, what looked like a sort of a movie, and uh, uh, and uh, and 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 so I, I I started looking at that, and removed the tractor, and, and it went away. So I put the tractor back; it came back. I realized at that point there was some sort of linkage between between running the tractor on my father's body and the and the the content of what I was seeing, and so. And so I, I held the tractor. The was running in, watching this, watching this, this uh, movie. And what it was was a movie of my parents' marriage disintegrating ten years down the road. And wow. uh, uh, and it was, it turned out to be quite accurate. And and it also uh, uh, foretold of the severe uh, emotional distress that would be suffered by the participants, especially my mother. Uh, who was the who was the precipitating cause of the of the breakup mm -hmm. and uh and that uh uh and by my father as well and by my younger brother 
but uh, that uh, that I would not suffer nearly the degree of distress that they would. And I asked, I, I was getting this in the form of vocal guidance in my head, and I and I asked why would it be that they would have this and I would not. And the answer was that well, you you know in ways that they do not know that you're that who you are is not dependent upon the family unit being kept together that uh, your your identity is independent of that and so uh, and that's exactly how it unfolded 10 years later and i asked then well should i share this with my parents and uh and the answer was a very a very uh, definitive no i asked why and the answer was they're not old enough to know. Now that was, of course, <laughs> language fitting my three-year-old age. You know, uh, <laughs> well, I understood that that meant that they could not, they didn't have a framework in which to, to, to positively interpret it. You know, right. Well, I've known you for a few years now, mm -hmm. and I do know that your brain is much way out there than most people that I know, like your intelligence. <laughs> and so you telling me a story about a three-year-old getting a message about a divorce that's going to happen 10 years later doesn't surprise me with you. And, and you know, I didn't even know the word divorce. I, it, it was not part of my part of my vocabulary at age three. And so all I saw was that the family was, was separating, coming apart. And, uh, uh, and so, and so I carry that around with me. And so, you know, it was as a result of it, I was a three-year-old keeping secrets from my parents, which I is, know. Which is somewhat unusual, uh, <laughs> but, but that's the way it was and probably the, the best way for it to be. It still blows my mind to this day that you went around calling your friends' parents by their first name. Like that just blows my mind because that just, you know, I was taught that's disrespectful, but you connected with them on that level and were able to communicate with them on their level. Yeah. And, and my father was a doctor. I called him by his first name and I called my mother by her first name and the, uh, and the, uh, and, mo and many of their friends were. My, many of my father's friends were doctors as well. And I called them all about their first name. So, <laughs> I mean, that's really, and you grew up in the South? Yeah, in Richmond, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, I mean, that was totally unheard of in the South. Well, it was not the norm, let's put it that way. <laughs> Guess so. But I, I became, you know, I, it, it was really interesting because it I did become friends with the, parents of my friends in ways that would not have been able to occur if that degree of familiarity had not been uh, made part of the relationship. And, and then, and then when I became an adult and, and became a lawyer, many of those same people became clients, you know, because they thought of me as a friend more than just the, the right. friend of their child, you know? Right. So wow. sort of interesting dynamic there. So, and, uh, so when you were channeling at such a young age and everything like that, did spirit help you with, um, like with your studies and help you keep in mind like that too? I'm just curious, just, you know, what it was like to have that kind of, uh, onset with, uh, you know, spirit at that time, like, were they helping you out too with your little pathway? Were you listening to them to know what path to follow? 
<laughs> I I would say they helped me. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the extent. Uh, I know that. Uh, uh, I know that when I was having trouble with. Uh, uh, when I was away at boarding school at age 15, 16, I was having trouble with uh, some uh, uh, math issues and so forth. I would sometimes uh, awaken in the night and find that I had been reading the math book in my sleep. I would literally awaken and I would find the light was on in my room. The math book was in my hand and what would awaken me up what would have awakened me from sleeping to waking would be the, the sound of my own voice reading the math book. Wow. In my sleep. Wow. <laughs> and I, have to, I have to think that spirit may have had some, something to do with that. I don't know. <laughs> that is incredible. That is incredible. I, I had experience in college. Uh, my freshman year in college where I was a, uh, I was uh, taking a basic chemistry course and I was, a. I was at the time I was a triple major of pre pre-med history and philosophy and, uh, much to the chagrin of my faculty advisor. And, uh, and, and I was really not well prepared at all for the pre-med science, uh, courses that were required. And so, uh, and I was, just completely at, at sea with uh, with uh, chemistry 101 or whatever it was called. And uh, uh, and so at the end of the, I was going to just give up the whole thing at the end of that year, but I got to the exam and it was uh, about 150 uh, uh, multiple choice questions. And I scanned it very quickly in the first 10 or 15 minutes and could not find a, a single question that I was sure of the answer to. Uh, I, I found one about halfway through that was that I, I, I thought maybe I had a 60% chance of knowing the answer. Mm -hmm. um, that was the only one I could find that I, I had any confidence in at all. So I answered that one according to whatever my, uh, whatever my uh, uh, instinct was. And, uh, and then without reading any of the other questions, went up and down the pages, darkening in, you know, the choices one through five or whatever they were in a pattern that looked like a reasonably random pattern that a professor might choose. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and fully expected to get, you know, a, a, a big fat F on the, on the exam. Right. And uh, when when the grades were posted, uh, it ended up I was out of there within 20 minutes. It was a five hour exam. And, and some of my friends who knew my my state of distress said, well, see, you're giving up. Sorry, you know, and all that. And uh, I, I got a C plus. Wow. So <laughs> so I always thought spirit might have had something to do with that, too, to give me two more years of torture in, in chemistry that I didn't have any. Anyway, of doing well at. <laughs> but, so then, eventually, we just changed to uh, you know being a lawyer and going to school. Yeah, for that. exactly. Yeah, yep. I did it. I did in uh, in a chemistry lab day one one time. Uh, my sophomore junior it was my it was uh, 
organic chemistry that really ended my career as a pre-med student. But, uh, uh, but my sophomore year, at some point, I had a, in a, in a lab in a, a quantitative analysis, I had a, I was, I was doing something in a test tube and putting it in a centrifuge and so forth. And, and, uh, I don't remember how the experiment went, but at some point in there, I had a sudden download and insight that, wow, what's in this test tube could be all of creation. And, you know, mm. our creator could be just a, just a, a fumbling, ignorant uh, uh, college sophomore right there trying to, trying to figure out how to get through his chemistry. <laughs> 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 and, and I have, uh, and it could be that once once the uh, once the afternoon lab session is over, that everything in the contents will be put will be poured out in the sink, and that'll be end end of this universe, you know. Right. <laughs> and, and and through through various channeling sources, uh, I've gotten feedback on that that that's about as good as it gets in terms of figuring out how things work. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And and so. So you got, you got through college, you got into your career yeah. and you decided to keep channeling. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a, before when you were younger, it looks, it seems like that your father was more of a conduit or an antenna for you to communicate the spirit. Well, not, not so much. I mean, he was not, in, he was not, uh, these things were foreign to him just like, my father was a psychiatrist. He and I were very close, mm -hmm. but he was not into, uh, or, or he was frightened by things that were beyond the physical. And, uh, and so it was not something that was, he was comfortable exploring, uh, even in a, in a theoretical way. Uh, he and I would talk about things, but it, it you know, it was sort of, it made him nervous. Uh, my mother had lots of mental mental distress and so forth. Was treated for schizophrenia uh, uh, throughout her adult life, and and probably if she were in the treatment pool today, she'd be rated more as a severe borderline personality disorder than schizophrenia. But but either one is you know has some significant distortion in perspective, and and uh, uh, and she. She did, did, did the best with, she could with what she had, but, uh, uh, but, but neither one, it, it was not a, not a, a household in which, uh, this kind of, uh, experience could have been shared without there being an immediate, uh, uh, conclusion that I was having some sort of psychotic break, you know? And so, and I, I was always very clear in my own mind that that was not what was going on for me that this was just a, an expansion of consciousness to a degree that they were not familiar with in other words in the context of tonight's discussion for which they did not have a framework other than other than mental illness and i didn't think that was an appropriate one for my experiences so um over the years, would you say that you got like monthly downloads, daily downloads? What was it for? Did you have to be a certain energy level at the time to get a download? Did they just come out automatically? 
No, well, sometimes they would come up automatically and sometimes they would just, uh, and sometimes I would reach out. Uh, the, um, uh, I was, uh, I was introduced to my first wife, uh, through, through this kind of, uh, uh, intervention, if you will. Um, and, uh, I was at a, I was at a, uh, I was at a debutante party and the new crop of debutantes was being introduced. And, uh, and, and I was, I was with a, a young lady that I was, uh, sort of semi engaged to at the time. And we were very, very fond of each other and so forth. And, and, uh, uh, and I would look up, uh, when the new debutante, when they would, they were announcing the new, the girls were being, uh, paraded out by their fathers and so forth. And, uh, and if uh, there was one announced that I didn't know by name, I would look up and see what she looked like. And there was one that came along in that category. I looked up and she was kind of cute. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so, I, but, but not cute enough to, you know, not to look, to hold my attention, but for a second or two. And so I looked away and all of a sudden the voice of my guides came in like gangbusters saying, she's the mother of your children. You should pay more attention. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I said, Oh, uh, Oh wow. And I, it was so loud. I was, I was sure that my, my date must've heard it. And the other <laughs> couple we were with, but I checked and they did not. And, uh, so I sort of spoke back in my head. Well, does that mean we're supposed to get married? And, and, uh, I didn't have framework for a mother of my children were they getting married. And, uh, and she said, uh, or the voices said, uh, that's a choice for you to make, but however you choose, she's still the mother of your children. <laughs> wow. So I thought, okay. And that's, that's how, that's how my, my first, uh, wife and I became acquainted. <laughs> oh my gosh. You could have actually married the girl you were there with and had a fling with the, the That's right. Boy. Well we came we became engaged and then I became engaged with somebody else and and yeah. after that one broke up, uh I said, Okay guys, tell me what I'm supposed to do now. And they said, Now it's time to go fulfill your destiny with the mother of your children. I said Right. Okay, okay. Hit me over the head with a two by four once more and I'll do it. And, and you have, I met your daughter. She's very nice. Very nice young lady. Well, thank you. I've got, yeah, I've got two daughters and they're both very, very wonderful young ladies. I have to say. Yes. You, you very nice family. So tell me about the download you had in October. I've been dying to know this for okay. a while. So right, well, now I've been talking about frameworks. Okay. So that's the important aspect here. This is, you know, as, as I said, I, we're talk, we, we work within frameworks all over the place. We, we with all kinds of, of, of terms for that, you know, a fancy term for it is paradigm. Um, and that's a framework. It's a context. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's like the difference between figure and ground in a, in a, uh, in a photograph. Figure is is the is what you focus on. Ground is what's in what's behind it, and that's the framework with its within which the figure appears. And so, um, and I and I I want to emphasize that because 
frameworks are important structures of consciousness for us to be able to grasp things. If we, if we, um, if we don't have a framework for a particular concept, then we have a, a very hard time uh, connecting with it in any meaningful way. I, I'll give you a, a, a bit of an example about that. Uh, my dad, who you've known from past discussions, was had a nickname of Billy, which is what I called him by. Billy and I, when I was five, six, seven, eight years old, would almost every night, unless it was snowing or, or just uh, too unpleasant weather-wise, we'd go outside and look at the stars for a few minutes before bedtime. And, uh, and, and, uh, and I would often tell him uh, what something that was real to me that he didn't have a framework for. And I would say, I would point up there and say, you know, I have other homes up there. And, 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 I, and often I say, actually, I have more than one. And, and to me, that was real. Um, to him, it was scary because he had, he had no framework for that whatsoever. And, uh, and, and so I had a framework for it, but, but he did not. And does that make sense to you? It does. And I think in everybody's life, that things come in steps that we can understand them. So I yeah. totally, I get what you're saying. Yes. You know, all that, all that did was it, it, it gave me pleasure to share that with him. Uh, and it was real for me, but all it did was make him nervous because he had no, no framework for it. Um, all of our structures of consciousness are frameworks of one kind or another. Um, and those are, and they're all uh, essentially evolutionary in character. Uh, our, uh, our, our religious beliefs are frameworks. They are, they are, they're structures of consciousness, and you can call them generically. A, a religion is a mythic membership belief system that's shared by a group. And what religion does as a, as a, as a, uh, as a framework is to allow uh, tribal groups to expand beyond their beyond their natural limitations from a, from a biological perspective. Humans like orangutans can band together uh, based on an alpha male uh, being physically powerful enough to control the group up to about 80 members. It's, it's believed. And, uh, and then once, uh, once they expand beyond that number, they start to fracture, uh, to splinter off into smaller groups. And uh, because there's just there, the, the biological uh, aspects by themselves are not are not sufficiently powerful to hold them together in larger numbers, and uh, and so religion evolved as a as a structure of consciousness that allowed for lateral expansion of groups beyond the limitations of mere tribal bands, and uh, and so and. And for that reason, religion in its, in its most commonly, uh, 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 most common practice is, is still anchored in lower level tribal consciousness, uh, a lower mid-level or what, or in what in Michael terms would be referred to as baby soul consciousness at the, 
at the most fundamental levels of baby soul consciousness. Mm -hmm. So most, uh, uh, most people who are involved with, uh, with fundamentalist, uh, religions, uh, well, it doesn't matter what, what flavor it is. It could be Christian. It could be Muslim. It could be, uh, could be any other, any other thing it could be, could be Mormon. It could be, uh, Hinduism or, or Buddhism for that matter. Um, they're, they're going to be in the, in the, more or less the tribal uh, uh, bandwidth or the, what Michael would refer to as baby soul uh, evolutionary state at the soul level. And so, uh, uh, and so that is, that's a framework and that, and, and, uh, 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 and, and that enabled, but that did enable people to band together in much larger numbers. And, and the next, the next significant, consciousness structure or framework, if you will, uh, which evolved after that was what, what has been referred to since the time of Freud as the ego. Um, and, and that is that because tribal consciousness at its, at its most fundamental levels is a group consciousness. It's not, it is not, uh, rational and it's not, and it's not egoic. It's pre pre rational and pre egoic, um, and and uh, it's hard for us to imagine that because it's such. It seems like basic human nature to us, but it's it's really it's, it's part of human nature in our society. But in other earlier iterations of society, it was not it was not there for them, and so it's the egoic consciousness is what enables people to evolve their individual, uh, their individualism, if you will. Right. And, uh, uh, and again, it's not the end all and be all of anything. It's just a, it's just an evolutionary structure of consciousness. And, uh, and, or in the framework, in, in the time, in the language of tonight, a framework for, of, 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 uh, of experience so it enables expanded experience that would not otherwise be available and all these all these structures and all these frameworks are ones which which uh, uh, carry they're sort of two-edged swords they they both ex- an expanded framework will be great because it will let you do all kinds of things you couldn't do before you got to it right. But, but it also, when you come to the end of it, it will hinder you from moving on to the next thing. And, and you know, we hear that echoed all over the place in the, in the consciousness community today. about The ego is so bad. The ego is the bogeyman of all things and all that. And, uh, and, and in fact, you know, the ego does impair our ability to to have transcendent experiences because the ego wants to go along and take credit for all that. But, um, but, but in, in fact, it is just a, a structure to be, to be, uh, transcended like all the others. Uh, but, but every structure you create will be, will be the, the, the big thing of today will be the impediment to the next big thing that comes along. Let's put it that way. That does it make sense? Yes, it does. Uh, I mean, beliefs, that concept of beliefs is something we should talk about generally about in this context, too, because 
because beliefs themselves are consciousness structures that we use to assess information and so forth. Um, and I, I, I perhaps uh, for, for better or worse, from the time I was probably about 11 years old, I had come to the realization that everything that I had been taught and, and had maybe developed some belief system that was probably totally wrong and that and that uh, I wanted to try to let go of all that. And, and I found it's really not that easy to do. But uh, because we have, even if we let go of all the beliefs we have today, by tomorrow, we will have created a few more. And because beliefs are, you know, just uh, are a structure by which we are constantly uh, uh, gauging information. Beliefs can enable us to do things and they also can prevent us from doing things. And more often than not, if they're beliefs we hold on to and invest emotional energy in, they will, they will be things that, that, that uh, impede rather than, than enhance our, our abilities and our development and our evolution. Uh, because, if, because beliefs themselves are frameworks by which we experience reality. And, and so more often than not, the beliefs are designed to limit our experience rather than to expand our experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it really does. And, and, and what's one thing that we can do to help that, though? I mean, you know, I always heard that you need to have a belief to make it into this world, but in essence, we really don't need a belief because that hinders us too. Right. Well, yeah, it, it's sort of like walking a tightrope, you know, right? and, and, uh, if you go too far, I mean, like I, I imagine in my mind that the, 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 the acrobat or whatever, who, who strung a line between the twin towers back when they existed, you know, walked the tightrope yeah. from one, one of the towers to the other. And obviously, if you swing either way too far, you're going to fall off, and uh, and and uh, and that'll be the end of your big feet. But and so, using beliefs to our advantage is is good. But uh, we always have to be careful and on the alert because anything we believe a belief is by definition an idea we have about something which we do not have knowledge about. And so if we, the more we can develop a sense of knowing rather than a sense of believing, uh, the better off we are. And so, uh, I mean, I've, I've had many, and I've talked about some on this, on this uh, broadcast of yours. Mm -hmm. I've had many, many uh, uh, experiences that were in, by some measure uh, quite miraculous and, uh, and I'm, and frankly, I feel that I've been blessed from the day that I was born into this life. And, 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 and one of the reasons for that has been that, that I have had, have been lucky enough to have had, uh, sort of a sense of deep knowing from the time I was born about how things work. And, uh, uh, and, and, and have been, and that has given me a, a sense of acceptance about how things work and and not and not a sense of disappointment about or or desire that things should be other than they are if you will uh but uh but i but 
when you try to fit the world in some sort of an artificial belief system, like, you know, our religions would have us do, and sometimes our culture would have us do, um, then it, it, things don't work. And you see this all, you see in this more and more in our social sphere with, uh, with issues that had come up about people's gender orientation. And, and, and if you look at these, the, these poor folks who have been, uh, subjected to, uh, who, who, who are uh, gay by nature and have been subjected to, to, to being treated or sent to schools to try to make them something, they make them into something they're truly not and all that sort of thing. It, it, uh, uh, this is this has had distorted things you get due to belief systems when the belief is that, gee, if you're this way, you're not one of God's real children and that sort of thing. You know? Right. It's almost like um, there's an illusion going on here about, you know, about the different male and female and gender identity and all that stuff. Like we've been living an illusion all this time. No question about it. No right? question about it. That's right. Yeah. And and so uh, uh, you know, and part of part of my um, good fortune, if you will, uh, was to uh, from an early age to uh, be more awake than than a lot of people. It's good fortune. It's something that at the soul level, apparently, I chose for this lifetime. And, uh, and so, uh, uh, and I've had many, many experiences of, of other lifetimes, um, and connections with those lifetimes, but, uh, uh, but, but the, uh, uh, and I've seen all those lifetimes as part of a sort of a, you know, a patchwork quilt, uh, and they all have influence on me. And likewise, I have influence on all of them. It doesn't matter when in chronological time they were, they may have happened uh, at the level of, of uh, soul and so forth. They're all happening simultaneously. So um, the, the limitations we impose through our belief systems are just are simply are totally artificial and really don't have any any bearing in, in reality beyond the, the artificial systems that are created for them. So the, the, the framework of getting to the point um, towards the download that you had in October. Right. So everything up into your life came to this one very point that you occurred to you in October. Yeah. Let me get, I'll, I'll start getting into that now. Uh, in the last, in the last, uh, oh, couple of years, I've been on a, on a, I've worked with a couple of other fellows in, in some pretty significant, uh, uh, channeling work and so forth. Uh, uh, I've been given permission recently to name the name, uh, uh, one of them anyway, his name is Tom Ariel. Tom was a fellow who, uh, was a corporate guy with Capital One, which we're all familiar with. You know, what's, yeah. in, what's in your wallet, Capital One? <laughs> he had a career there for for oh, 25 or more years, and then and then got 
to be about 50 years old and, and something went haywire and, and, uh, and his spirit kicked in and, uh, and he ended up leaving his job and, and, uh, uh, and, and all of a sudden he was spontaneously channeling all sorts of different groups from the Pleiades and so forth. And, uh, and at some point in, uh, late 2015, he was, he was, uh, directed to come to a talk that I was, uh, giving for the Richmond Ions group, uh, which at that time, which involved, interestingly enough, the, uh, Jesus, the journeys of the channel, the information I'd gotten from channeling about, uh, about, uh, the three different, uh, five plus year journeys of, of Jesus, uh, to the, to the uh, Western hemisphere, both to North and South America between 55 AD and 90 AD, which is not something you'll find in your canonical uh, new Testament. And, right. And so anyway, he, he came to this talk I gave and, uh, uh, in which I laid out when they occurred, where they, what each one in, involved in terms of, uh, uh, of the, of the, uh, the place where they sailed from place where they landed, what they did on the journey and so forth. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, came up afterwards and introduced himself and, 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 uh, and said, well, uh, I was guided, uh, to, uh, by some Pleiadian, uh, sources to come to you to help me get grounded. And I said, Oh, did they, did you ask them why they were referring you to me? And he said, well, yeah, I did. And he says, uh, they told me you were one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, that, it sounds like a legitimate uh, basis for sending you to me. So let's, we can get to work. And so, and so <laughs> we've been, we've been friends ever since. And, uh, and, and over the course of that last five years, I would say he's become by any measure, a world-class channel. And, and, and unlike most channels who will bring in, uh, you know, Bashar or, or, uh, bring in, uh, Abraham or bring in, uh, uh, whomever, uh, Seth. yeah, Seth or, 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 uh, or council of one or Michael mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. Um, uh, my friend Tom can literally bring in just about anybody you want. And, uh, including, including, uh, uh, you know, deceased loved ones and everything beyond that. And, uh, and so I totally would ask him for Elvis Presley because I see him in the tabloids everywhere. Like, how's he doing that? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I've never asked for Elvis, but I'm sure we could get that. If we, did. we definitely, we get, we got to get Elvis on here. Yeah. I, uh, I, that would be, I guess we could do that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so anyway, we, I used, when I was a, when I was a, a teenager, I used to be able to curl my lip like Elvis. I spent a lot of time practicing that. So, you know, but, uh, that's when I used to have hair on top of my head too. And, and sideburns. But, oh uh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, we've done all kinds of wonderful stuff and over the, over the years and, and, uh, uh, 
and 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 he's brought in groups like Abraham and and uh, uh, of which he is actually his consciousness is actually a a part of the Abraham consciousness. Nice. Uh, and to give you an example of the variety of it, uh, 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 a couple of years ago, he was he called me one Sunday afternoon in the office. I was in my office, uh, and uh, uh, and, he, and he says, "I'm I'm calling you because somebody, someone, something is coming through that wants to have a conversation with you." And I said, "All right, okay, I'll take a, I'll take a break here and let's let's put them on," and uh, and. And he said, and then I heard him say in the background, oh, this, this can't be right. I'm not believing this. And I said, what, what's going on? He says, well, they're telling me it's Buddha that wants to talk to you. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I said, well, okay, well, put them on, put them through. And so, and so for the next half hour plus, I, I had this absolutely wonderful conversation with, with, an entity that identified itself as Buddha. And, uh, uh, and as far as I could tell, having studied a fair amount about Buddha and having co-founded 37, 38 years ago, a, a, a Buddhist Sangha that is still thriving today. Um, it, it did, it had, it bore all the earmarks of legitimate, a legitimate, uh, Buddha experience. And so, uh, so I was quite grateful. It was it's, it's, that was the first time, but not the last time uh, Buddha has come through. And, uh, and and what did Buddha say exactly? Uh, I wrote. I made some detailed notes of it. I don't have them with me, but mm -hmm. uh, mainly it was to encourage uh, me and, and and us to continue what we're doing and to create a new model for humanity. That, that was that was the gist of it, and that and that's been in the spirit of what's come through since then. Right. So, yeah. Humanity needs help right now. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. I think that's why we're here, you know? Right. Um, so, um, so anyway, in the past, we followed this through and, and, uh, and it's been, it's been going on now for, for, uh, all these, all this time. And, and, one night, uh, for instance, in 2019, um, he was over with a with a woman friend I had not previously met, and and as they were leaving, they had dinner at my house. It was a Monday or Tuesday night, and and they were getting up to leave around I think around 10 o'clock, and uh, uh, and we were just sitting in the kitchen, and and then they got up, and and he, and he says as as they were leaving, he says, "How about telling her about the story of." about your lifetime as a uh, Jewish orphan in the, in the, in the Warsaw ghetto during World War II. And so, so I started and I, and, and that was, and I said, well, okay. And so I started telling the story and, and I think I've discussed that with you in the past and, and the story ends at Auschwitz and, and, and what turned out to be the pinnacle of that lifetime when, when the, uh, when this 11 year old, 12 year old boy who has been an orphan since birth, uh, realized upon leaving his body in the, in the gas chamber that, uh, uh, that everyone was being killed and that, and that the people around him did not know they were dying. And that not only that, but as soon as he left his body, he realized that the gas chamber was, 
literally just jam-packed with with souls of others who did not know they had died and they were stuck who who were in denial and stuck there as ghosts wow and so what became the the high point of that of that young lifetime was the rescue of all those souls from the gas chamber and it was literally thousands of them and it took it took several trips back and forth from what my friend bob monroe referred to as a reception center which is more commonly known as heaven uh, to get all those souls out of that chamber. But, but I, you know, succeeded in doing that. And as I told the story, it was, it's, you know, it's a very, if you tell the details, it's quite emotional. And, and, uh, um, and all of a sudden this pool of water appeared around us in my kitchen. It literally was about eight feet by 10 feet covering the floor and around our feet, but we were, it was not on our shoes. It was not even under our shoes, but when you pick up your foot, it filled in where your shoes had been, you know, wow. and, and what we all got as a download was this, this was, this was representative of tears of joy and gratitude from those souls who had been liberated from the gas chain. And so in, in, in late in 1943 and, and, uh, uh, and so it's wonderful that, uh, uh, that, you know, these things can manifest in, physical ways that we can uh, experience in physical ways. It took, it took a whole roll of paper towels to get all the water off the floor. And a, a few nights later, I tried du- duplicating the, the, just covering this, the area. And it took a, a gallon to do that. It wow. Was pretty amazing. And the water that was there that night was different from tap water. Uh, it was a, uh, the viscosity was much, much greater. It was, it was thicker. And, uh, and it had a, it had an organic, uh, sort of texture and taste to it as well. And so, uh, it was really, really interesting. And, uh, and both of my friends were a little bit weird today by the experience, but I thought it was just great. <laughs> I think it is too. What an amazing experience to have that. And what a blessing it was for you to be there as that 12 year old 11 and 12 year old um soul oh, yeah. that got to you know experience that but also because remember that that gas chamber went on 24 hours a day seven days a week for a while right well, yeah absolutely and they were stuck in there reliving it all the time exactly exactly and 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 uh and then being in you know they were stuck in there not knowing they died and so uh uh it was a it was quite an honor to be chosen to be the person who liberated them. And, uh, and what has come about more recently as a result of that, because the, those chambers were used by those who would m- manipulate the Nazis, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, the off world, off world groups like, you know, reptilians and grays and so forth. They were used as energy, uh, uh, generators for negative energy, you know? Right. And so what, one of the projects I have, this sounds, this sounds a little, uh, uh, let's say, uh, quixotic, if you will. But uh, one of the projects I've been involved in more recently has been to go back in time to 1945 when the war ended and the, cha- and the, and the, the camps were liberated by the, on the, by the Russians from the East and by the Americans from the West. And, uh, and to go in there at the time of the liberation when those 
gas chambers were chocked to the to the to the as far as they could be uh, from the from the deaths of all the people who'd been killed there, and to liberate the energy from those chambers. No, let's say in legal terms, nunc pro tunc, now for then, um, legal Latin terms. Um, and, uh, and so doing it as of 1945, not looking back and doing it now, but going back to 1945 and doing that as of late April, later, late March, early April, 1945. And, uh, uh, and so far the, 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 Feedback I've gotten is that I've I've re, I've been able to resolve about half of the uh, half of the energy from those chambers as of the, as of that day, you know. Wow. So if you wake up one day and and uh, and nine eleven never happened, you'll know that this work succeeded. Right. <laughs> nice. I mean, I mean, what my point is that these the energy that is generated from that kind of experience. The negative energy that's used as a as a generator mm-hmm. um, is the kind of things that feeds experiences like the occurrence of 9/11, and so I, I'm I'm using 9/11 in jest, but nevertheless, uh, to go back and and re you know rewrite the timeline back in 1945 could have significant positive impact on our life in 2022 that would be amazing it would be an it would be it's in effect creating a new framework right and so uh so that gets us into uh the kind of work i've been doing this past year and that has been well are you familiar with the the law of one the raw material i am Okay, and I, I would hope, I would think that most of the listeners of your broadcast are as well. Um, for those who are not, the raw material is a set of channel teachings that were that came through between, I think it was something like July 1980 and 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 sometime in 1984 uh, to a group of three people in in Kentucky named Don Elkins, Carla Rukert, and Jim McCarty. Carla Rukert was primarily the channel. Uh, Jim McCarty is also a channel. Don Elkins was not. Um, but they were very interested in extraterrestrial intelligences, and, and the Ra came through starting in the mid-1980. And the, and the material they got was... I think by most anybody's uh, anybody any person who's familiar with it measure uh, the most coherent, complete, elegant, uh, and uh, uh, and and believable cosmology that humanity's ever been given uh, of of the way of the whole spectrum of of reality uh, and. Uh, and it's not inconsistent with a lot of others, but I mean, for instance, one one teaching that I've spoken about on this on this uh, podcast, uh, Sandy, is the the Michael teaching. Well, the Michael teachings are are more personalized and so forth. They're not nearly as uh, as 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 uh, 
exactly yeah right uh, a, a system as the as the law of one right uh, there also have been other other uh, cosmologies that have been downloaded uh, over the years that have been uh, uh, that have been uh, come through one one that comes to mind in particular is the Billy Meyer material um, Billy Meyer is a fellow in Switzerland who's been who's been in touch with uh, various Pleiadians since his childhood uh, much of his information is valid uh, a fair amount of it unfortunately is not because he i guess he, he's been subject to his own egoic desire for 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 15 minutes of fame and so forth but but uh but nevertheless he's been given his own uh cosmology and it is you know the terms are not identical but but it is it is essentially a rehash of the law of one. It's another way of saying the law of one. And, and, and what I have been guided by in terms of from other channel sources is that what comes to us through the raw group as the law of one and, and also through the Pleiadians by way of Billy Meyer um, is pretty much the gold standard of, uh, of ontological cosmologies across uh, the level of, of the more advanced consciousnesses of the Milky Way galaxy. So that I would say that 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 speaks well of it. Would you not, would you agree? Yeah, I would totally agree. I mean, to me, the the law of one is basically an energy of love. Right. And right. by the way, I, I meant to mention, I don't think I, I don't know that I got around to doing it. I started the thought and never finished it. You know, this talk was named uh, uh, Beyond All the Is uh, recently. And, and, and my alternative uh, uh, title for the talk is... Uh, it's just a big love story. That's all it is. Mm, <laughs> so, I love that. And, and and so we'll we'll get into that at the <laughs> end. But uh, uh, but anyway, the the law of one is a beautiful and symmetrical uh, statement of of how the the Ra's experience of how things are. And to put it in framework, put their framework in context. Uh, we are described by them as being in third density and and they describe these density levels which are levels of consciousness or ranges of consciousness rocks would be in first density and um, trees would be in second and and uh lower human conscious survival consciousness would be in the high reaches of second low reaches of third but most of human history has been in third density consciousness on earth anyway and uh and we're moving to fourth in fact the earth is now according to my information transitioned into fourth density consciousness uh and so uh we are we are uh uh we're moving that way and the raw are in mid-level sixth density right and the difference between them and us is at mid-level six, all polarities, all conflicts, all 
positives and negatives have been resolved. And so it's all one at the, at the level they're at. And for, and seventh density is the highest at six at mid-level six, they can still uh, materialize a little bit. Uh, seventh density is all non-physical exclusively. Um, and, uh, uh, or so we're told. And, and although it's still a plane of form and, uh, and then, and then at the end of seventh, you're at the end of what they refer to as this octave of consciousness. And the Ra say, and one of the things that makes their makes their uh, uh, story uh, uh, believable is that when asked what is beyond this octave, their answer has always been, "We don't know. We have no way of 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 uh, experiencing that or connecting with that." because it's beyond this octave. This octave is a boundary, and only when we finish this octave will we be, go, be able to go to the next octave. They hypothesize that there are infinite numbers of octaves and, uh, and, and leave it at that. And so um, uh, what's, what, what started this, this drive that resulted in this download was that uh, sometime last spring or, or uh, early summer, I'm not sure which, uh, well, first my friend Tom had an experience that he felt was somehow outside of this octave. He didn't know why. He, he felt like he had, a, 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 had an experience within what he referred to at the time as, as uh, it seemed like an angelic realm. And it seemed like it was outside of what he understood as this octave or this framework set out by the raw. And so, um, and so uh, I, I then started making inquiry about the, the raw and, and why is it the raw can't see beyond this octave? And, and, and the, the, the answer came back very quickly. And that was uh, because they set up a framework that didn't allow them to do that. In other words, they set up a belief system that mm-hmm. prevented them, that restricted them. You follow me? Yep, I got you. And so I said, well, you know, if they, if they did that, then that means we don't need to do that. And the answer was very, very affirmatively yes. And so shortly thereafter, I started hearing from, from a, uh, what was, what was described as a, counterpart of my own uh, essence or beingness uh, coming from an octave of multiple levels beyond the one we're in now. And, uh, uh, and, and so uh, uh, I asked the same, how can this be happening? Well, because, you know, you're not limited by the framework that the Ross set up for themselves. And so I have it communication with this consciousness and uh, uh and so uh the next thing that came along was i awake i was awakened in the morning of october 8th which was a friday morning as i recall of 2021 um and i was around 4 4 30 in the morning and instructed to to make a drawing get a get a pad and a pencil, a paper, a pen, a pen, and write up, write a drawing down. And, uh, and so I did that and, uh, and it was just a few circles. 
Um, and uh, it was uh, it was it was quite crude, but uh, uh, it looked. I don't know if you can see what I've got. Can you can you put on the screen what I've got? Yeah, in my hand? I yes, I put it on screen for you. No, no, what I've got in my hand. I've got something in my hand. Oh yeah, um, hold on a second. Let me yeah. get this off here. Put and... me back on there. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Go uh, ahead. I, I let's see if I. All right. Anyway, I wrote this. This was something I did later in the same day. And, right. And and but first it was just a yellow pad. You know, I'm a lawyer. I have lots of yellow pads. <laughs> I drew some circles on a paper with with a few uh, with a few designations, and then later in the day I did something with a with a with a compass, and uh, I created that. And then and then later on I got my my. Uh, my older daughter to do this computer graphic thing that I that I've sent you, so you can put that on the screen now. Okay. All right. So this this is what evolved after multiple discussions. But first, let's go to the other to the other uh, slide that you have there. Okay. I don't know whether I hope this can be seen better by by viewers than it can be seen on my screen here. Um, but what this is, is uh, this is a framework or is is the framework of reality that exists within the within the raw information, the law of one. And to my knowledge, this is as far as any framework that has ever been, at least that I've gotten access to, that's ever been downloaded to anybody on Earth has covered. And these, what this now the the the, line, the words on the edge side are words that uh, um, that are that are uh, uh, names for what we would call God in most common par parlance, uh, and those names are are words that we got from trial and error, uh, and uh, uh we had uh let's see i've got we tried any number of names and, and these are in an ascending order of priority in other words the first one is the least the least uh, important the second one is the second least important and so forth um and so we we call it scrims because scrims was a word that came through through channeling uh, that is that sort of depicts the porous nature of the boundaries here. A scrim is a is a sort of a cheesecloth used in theater productions. You can shine light through it. It can be translucent. You can paint on it. It can be it can be trans. Uh, it, it can be uh, uh, opaque also. And so it's a it's it's a it's something that has all sorts of qualities to it. Um, and but mind is the first is the first uh and least significant of the terms brahman is the next one dao is the next one and brahman and dao apparently are used because of the meanings that they that they convey brahman in sanskrit and dao in chinese that that are not easily translatable into english all that is is the next one and the and the most and the most prioritized, the most uh, 
uh, appropriate of all of them is I am slash I am who I am. I am what I am, or I am that I am. And, uh, and so, um, uh, that is that name. I am that I am is the most significant because it best describes the status of becoming. It also best describes the status of, of, uh, of that this is a consciousness that is constantly evolving. Um, and to give you an illustration here of, of what we went through, um, we, we, we got, we, I, I've got a, a yellow pad with a list of yeses and a list of no's that, that are of words that are acceptable to describe this, this, uh, uh, this entity or this, whatever we should call it. And, and, uh, uh, God, Yahweh, Allah, we got a strong no on all three of those. Wow. A very strong no. That's not even in the top, it's, it's not in the top 20. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the reason, and also creator, we got, we got a strong no on creator, even though it is a creator, into a creator thing, but it, but, but the reason we got no's on those, and, and this will take us into the next, in the next uh, slide, is, it, is that the, what, what we got is that this that we call God, and which we would better call I am that I am, is not a being at all. It's a consciousness, but not a being as such. So all of our all of our ideas about you know about a, a biblical God sitting on a throne with a long beard and a big a big uh, staff in it, in his hand or her hand these are just these are anthropomorphic uh, illusions they're they're not real at all um, and so uh, uh, and so it, it it is it was really interesting but but, but we got. We, we have a list of, of about 20 yeses uh, with the pro, the priority being the five that are listed on this on that sheet but uh, but but God anything you put a name on that implies a being is a is a very definitive no and uh, and so I, I just I pass that on names that were also uh, were okay were, uh, were source, singularity, love, truth, principle, spirit, great white spirit, um, light, uh, infinite energy, logos, and so forth. Um, but uh, nothing, nothing that is most commonly used. And so, uh, and, and I will tell you that. Uh, I'll tell, I'll get to it in a few minutes. That it, it doesn't mean that you can't have a personal connection with this consciousness, but don't think of it as a being. It is not. Uh, now let's move on to that next that next slide. Okay. This is now the reason this one. If can you, are you? Is it possible to put the two side by side, uh, Sandy? 
I don't think so. I can only get this one up there. I wish I okay. could. Okay. All right. All right. Well, anyway, uh, what this what what this one is 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 a is a one that incorporates the one that we just looked at in multiples. And so, if you look at this one uh, in the upper up up near the top, uh, uh, well, let's. Hold on. Let me let me back up a minute. Let's back up to the other one for one second. If we okay. Uh, I can't read it easily on my on my screen, but I mm -hmm. hope that the people at home uh, can. But what we have, what the language is written inside the the circle in the in the blue here, or or violet, or whatever color it is, is. And these are just this is just an inventory list of things that that uh, came came through as part of this channeling, if you will. And these are just an inventory of all the things that we can think of that generally describe the categories of experience that fall within, let's say, the raw material, the law of one and all that universes of creation, densities, octaves, dimensions, frequencies, forms, planes, spirits souls, physical expression and manifestation, probabilities, parallels. In other words, all parallels of, of our universe would be incorporated within this concept. All parallel timelines, all parallel physical realities, evolving consciousness and beingness, all states and stages of consciousness. And so anything that we've ever heard of is within this framework. Is that are you with me there? Yeah. So, so the this is what they like to call themselves. Then, right there in the center of the circle. Right. This is all the octaves and all the states and stages of consciousness and all the planes of Michael and any other group. They're all in here. All in here. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And so, and so uh, now we can move to the other one and okay. and what is in the other one. This this one here is is in it, each one of these each one of these small circles in the middle is a is another version of the one we were just looking at. You follow me? Yes, I do. Each one is a separate iteration of all that is. That is really incredible. So each, each one, one of those is, color ones is a different, like we were doing raw in the exactly each okay. one is a separate iteration of of all that is of 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 creation itself, and each one has its own separate creator. I am that I am consciousness. Wow, that's incredible! It and, looks and this is not; these are just you know these were just all I could fill the space with. The number would be would be theoretically infinite, even wow. though it probably isn't infinite in real in in reality. But you see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. It's amazing. And these are not parallels of ours; they are just other. You know, there were the laws of physics would be different in each one. That is incredible. And and this is what happened to you on October 8th, this download. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is incredible. Now, all this, 
you see this next layer around all that. It says the joyful realm of infinite imagination. Yes. Infinite illumination, infinite creation. All of these things, all these things in the middle of that, including our version of all that is, are described as extrusions of the of this realm. Okay, I get it. I see you know, it. You know, have you ever heard of extruded aluminum? Yes. You know, the, the back about in the early 80s, I, I used to do a lot of sailing and there was a wonderful boat that came out in the early 80s called the Freedom 40s. And it was a, it was a, 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 a it was a two-masted boat that had a that had a uh, the masts were extruded aluminum where they were unstayed, you know. Mm -hmm. they were a, a very flexible piece of aluminum, right? And it was it was extruded like you would spin it out in a, in a longevity wise, and and that's what each of these realms is. That's what our and so each one is totally unique, and each one represents some represent some some facet of the entire the entire aspect of the realm above the the joyful realm of infinite imagination are, are we playing in all those realms at the same time well we well you know i you know you know me i've always got questions and so i i said how how we how am i getting this uh and uh and the and the and I said, how is it that I'm getting something along these lines and the rod didn't get this? Okay. And, and, and this is not part of the Pleiadian teaching either or whatever. And, 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 the, and what the answer was, was it, was that, and the raw didn't get it because all the, almost substantially all of the raw uh, are creatures of this creation of this version of of uh, all that is and they say that there are some there's a small percentage of of what of essences or what they refer to as beingnesses they they all in the course of this they also say that our concept of soul is 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 overstated and what we need to know is that there's a concept they refer to as beingness it is much grander and greater than soul, which we would think of more as spirit than, than soul, mm -hmm. uh, which really is our true identity, more so than soul. And that there are some that, that they say 98% plus, uh, 98 plus percent of all the, of all the beingnesses that animate beings of sentient, sentient beings across the Milky Way are are creatures of the current version of creation. But there are something under 2% that are beingnesses that predate this creation, that were around before this creation began. And therefore, they have access to memories of what came before. And that's how that's how this that's how this was why this was was allowed to be shared with me i see so if we reference uh michael 
channelings. Right. Uh, they talk about the older soul beings um, that are, you know, that haven't dropped off the planet. There's one soul being group that's been dropped off and they're not on here anymore. But I think the second oldest one is still on this point, you know, still playing around in this density, right? Yeah, but it, this doesn't relate to soul age in, in any respect. This is this relate this relates to the age of the of the being. In other words, there are some the majority of all beingnesses in this creation and in every creation are beingnesses that are creatures of that creation. And then when that create when this universe runs its course and mm-hmm. all its parallels run their course then all the beingnesses that have been created within this creation will then return to the realm of infinite imagination and become part of that. And some will elect, not all, but some will elect to, to go back and express themselves again in other creations. You see? Yep. I, I understand that. And so, and so those which do include me and 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 some others and interestingly enough what we're told is that the percentage across the milky way among sentient beings that are animated by this is less than two percent but on earth today the percentage is nine and a half percent because of the of the situation that earth is in and the need for for uh the cavalry if you will to show up and so and so uh these are these are what essentially the raw call wanderers and they're and they're you know otherwise you might call them star seeds and so forth and uh, uh, and so uh, they're not then that doesn't mean that, that that if you're from another planet that you uh, that, or from came here from a higher density and uh, to help to help the evolution of earth that you necessarily were, were not a creature of this creation but it, it it seems to be more likely in the current context and so that's what gives access to this but the important part much more important than that is the fact that anyone everyone on this planet and everywhere else is animated by what is referred to as this beingness aspect and the way they analogize that is they say if you imagine a if you imagine a concert violinist playing a Stradivarius uh, in a concert, the 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 violinist and the Stradivarius he's playing or she's playing and the and the bow, which is you know they have bows are just as a rare. I mean, in some ways, just as much finery as the violin itself. All that plus the audience is the beingness. The soul is the sheet music that's being played. That's nice. the, that's the comparison. Nice. So, and if you if you think of it as a as a as a, a, a somebody who's a, a chef, you know, a chef uh, making a meal for somebody is the the chef plus the meal plus the plus the people that eat the meal and the appreciation they have. That's the beingness. The recipe is the is the soul. Nice. And uh, and so that gives you a flavor for the scope of the one versus the other. 
And that aspect of beingness has access at all times, even though it's not readily known to this realm of infinite imagination. And what, what has been stressed in that, in the context of that realm is that, is that the, the most important aspect, the most important, uh, uh, attribute, if you will, is, is joy, pure joy. And, uh, uh, that realm is, uh, is there, we've been given five fun, what we've been referred to as five fundamentals of creation. And the first one is joy. And the most important one is joy. The second one is autonomy. That's where, from whence we get the concept of free will. Mm -hmm. The third one is appreciation. Uh, that's from whence we get concepts of devotion, uh, worship, and so forth. Um, and 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 it's and it's appreciation and joy from whence we get the concept of love. It's a derivative of those two, but it's it's uh, it's in a sense you know watered down. The fourth one is 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 uh, what's referred to as geometry. It, it's uh, it's it's like uh, uh, you know, the way people connect is through geometry and so forth and structure. And, and, uh, and the fifth one is, interestingly enough, it's not sound, but it's music. Music. What we have gotten through channeling various groups that have come to us from this realm of infinite imagination, one of which is referred to itself as the quintet. They don't want to be called the five. They say, no, we're not the five. We're the quintet. Because when you use the term quintet, you understand it from a musical perspective. And so <laughs> it's, it's, you know, and one of the members of that, of the quintet, um, apparently was the animator of the, of the poet a thousand years ago we referred to as Rumi. Probably one of the greatest poets that ever lived on earth. I agree with that. Um, well, so what is the ground of all being and the origin and the Terra um, incognita? Well, ground of all being is, is simply the ground from which the, the infinite imagination realm is, is drawn. Um, and, and, uh, uh, and we have been, we, and, and I was channeled the word origin and wrote down on my own accord, terra incognita, because we didn't know the, about origin. You know, interestingly enough, and in, uh, we got a, uh, a download on that, that the, that the, uh, uh, that there are immutable laws of, of principles of origin. And, and one is, uh, uh, the first concept is, is that uh, uh, joy is immutable. Joy is immutable. The second one is creation is immutable. And the third one is expansion is immutable. So these, these are the three greatest principles of all. Uh, joy, expansion, and creation. Um, and and inf in infinite supply from the from this, which are completely consistent with all the information we've gotten from the infinite realm of imagination. But uh, 
so that's the framework. I want to say too that that as a result of this framework, I think I had an experience that occurred uh, the Friday before Thanksgiving in 2021, where I literally had um, uh, for the first time in my life a direct experience uh, on a directly a physical and embodied experience of the of the energy of the consciousness of I am that I am. It it was uh, it was absolutely overwhelming. I was uh, I was reduced to tears like a rag doll. But it was it was the message that I was to uh, to communicate this and share it. And told that we know you're shy about it, but one way you could do it is with hugs, because you know, uh, like few know, that uh, when two people hug each other, that it is I am that I am hugging itself, and uh, and so uh, it was it was one of one of the most profound ex- experiences of my life. I've had unity consciousness experiences. I've had experiences where I felt like I was in tune with everything that is and all that. This was somehow beyond all of that. And, uh, and then, uh, uh, within a short time thereafter, uh, in another miraculous event, I encountered a, a woman who has become, uh, the love of my life in ways that would not have been, I would not have been prepared to even uh, uh, accept if it had occurred before these expanded frameworks had, had been presented to me and been made real to me. So uh, it, it's all it's all miraculous from my perspective. I've been blessed with miracles throughout, and uh, and it's, it's all just a big love story. I love that. In fact, you actually wrote, we're a little over time, but that's okay, because I want you to read what is love. That- I'll do this. And this this, this is, I think, quite appropriate to this whole situation, because, you know, what, what this expanded framework is about is, is, a, is a way to, we, we actually have something to teach civilizations that are light years ahead of us in technology and in and, and in consciousness advancement, but but they have been locked off from this information by their own limiting frameworks. And so uh, uh, anyway, this, this is something that I channeled 30 years ago this month uh, in, in Janu- on January 11th, 1992, when I asked my guides for a, a, a simple and universally applicable statement about love in answer to my question, what is love? So I'll read it to you. I think it's appropriate as a way to end this discussion tonight. Most people think that love is good and that bad things like hate, fear, anger, envy, greed, deceit, etc., are the opposites of love or evidence of its absence. They are neither, however. The truth is love has no opposite and is never absent. Love, like life itself, is simply all that is. Nothing more, nothing less. Those chimeras, some call love's opposites, are only love's masks and mirrors to souls as yet unawakened 
to its true nature and their own. Each of love's supposed opposites can be defined, but who can define love? No one, because like consciousness, love defines us. We do not define it. Love is the perfect unison within all apparent polarities and guides us in all we do and are, even as we least suspect it. Love enables us to recreate and relive past patterns and to relinquish and transcend those patterns when we are finally prepared to accept and embrace the fullness of the present. Love is at once ubiquitous and inescapable, and it nurtures and sustains us in infinite unseen ways that always exceed the wildest of our expectations, the clearest of our perceptions, the profoundest of our judgments. Love cannot and never will be captured by the words of any language we conjure or create to describe or limit it, even by calling it good. More intriguing, more compelling, and to some more baffling than the greatest detective story ever told, love at every moment offers at our fingertips clues of its imminent caress. Just as cosmologists have discovered the quintessential nature of time is translinear, the essence of love once discovered is transpolar and omnipresent. The more we knowingly experience love's seamless tapestry in our lives, the more wonderfully mysterious its intricate and elegant handiwork becomes. Love is, beneath all, the deepest mystery of who we are and all that is, and one we shall never fully unravel, no matter how much light the windows of our awareness may shed upon it. Hail to the mystery. Oh, I love that. So beautiful. My heart's vibrating right now. Very, <laughs> yeah. very, very you know, thankful for that. It's, it's been 30 years. I read that piece to myself, usually at least once a month. Most often I read it aloud to myself and, and I find it just as, uh, it's just as soothing to me now as it was when the first day it came through. Well, I have much gratitude to you, fine sir, for sharing it with our listeners that listen to this show because it's absolutely beautiful. I got a question for you before you shove sure. off for the evening, but what is one thing that you would say to everybody listening tonight about the energy, about where we're going and what, what we need to do to help each other out to get through all this? Well, in the context of what I was talking about tonight, I would say um, most everyone all the time is trying to do the best they can. They may not be doing right. They may be doing all kinds of things terribly wrong in, in the, in, by, by most measures. But, but from the standpoint of, of, of having perspective on, on what's happening, if if one realizes that, um, then then that allows one to have a to have a level of uh, understanding and tolerance for the direction that humanity is going in that that is not necessarily realizable if if you're down in the weeds uh, or arguing over the details of uh, of uh, 
you know, conservative versus liberal politics or, 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 or whose religion is right or wrong and all those things. Um, everyone's trying to do the best they can. And the, the more we can expand our, our frameworks, the more we will understand that and the, and the more we will are likely to evolve in a way that will, will preserve and, 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 and allow the human experiment on Earth to be a success instead of a, a, self, a self-extinguishing failure. Gotcha. Oh, very, yes, very profound. And, and again, I just have much gratitude um, for tonight and, and, and learning from you as always, as I always do. And, and then you are so gracious to share it with the listeners. In fact, one of them commented, is it possible to get a copy of your love letter you have written? Well, the, you mean the thing I just, uh, yeah, the threads, well, yeah. isn't that on the screen? Can they yeah. be downloaded by people? Yeah. Do you have a place that they can download? I can actually send her a copy. I know her personally, so I can send it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy for anybody to have that. Okay. Well, so any of anybody, you guys that want a copy of it, just hit me up. I'll send it to you by email. It's not something that can be that people can uh, go on to and copy. I don't think so. I have to send it to them, but I don't mind. I don't mind if you don't mind me sharing it. I don't mind no, sharing I'm happy it. For you to share that, you share the uh, the rest of it as well. Okay, I can definitely do that. I can anybody that wants it, they they know how to get in touch with me. Because and- what I what I have personally found, and, and it may be just me, but but you know my guidance is to the effect that sharing this information is important, um, not only for for people here, but for you know literally for uh, beings from other planets. Um, that uh, that that having access to this this expanded framework really really opens up one's consciousness in ways that uh, are profound in my experience so far and uh, uh, and and it, it just you know um, it. it we cannot always change the physical experiences we're having. Uh, as I've mentioned to you that when we we're talking earlier today, three weeks ago, my, the office building where my law firm is located caught fire. Uh, and we've been shut at the office ever since. And we're supposed to get back this week. A week ago, I fell and had a, a pretty serious, uh, break three fractures of my upper arm where it connects with the shoulder on the right side, which I'm right-handed. And, uh, and today my, uh, as if that all were not enough, my, uh, my heat pump went out and, and it's supposed to go down to 11 or 12 degrees tonight. Uh, and so we have, we, we can have all sorts of different physical experiences that are not necessarily those we, we would desire. Our attitude about those experiences makes a huge difference in the way that we receive them and and the way they impact our lives. Um, Within a few hours after my my, uh, major fracture of my arm last weekend, I I gave a lecture on this same subject to a group of people here in Richmond. At first, I didn't think I could do it, but I thought, no, I could go ahead and do that. 
And, you know, this will just give me a level of intensity I didn't have with it before. And so, uh, so, you know, uh, these, these frameworks allow us to, to expand our consciousness and expand our, expand our way of looking at things in, in, in ways that I have found to be totally beneficial and helpful uh, in my own life. and have no reason to believe they will not be helpful to others as well. So there you have it. Wow. Amazing. And, and by the way, this is not, this is not by any means the last word. It's just the last word we have right now. <laughs> well, no. And I was going to ask you, like, um, you mind coming um, back on the show in like end of March or April and, and let's see what's going on. Sure, I'd be glad to. Yeah, I, I would love to. I mean, um, anything that comes up, let me know, mm -hmm. um, so I can get you on here because I, I love sharing this information with people, and and uh, if it can help one person, to me, that's saving humanity. Just one person, right? Right, right. right. So, yeah, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, uh, Columbia in uh, in in February and uh, for uh, among other things an ayahuasca journey. So maybe I'll have something that comes from that. You know. I bet you will. You're going in February. <laughs> the latter part of February, yeah. Oh my gosh, you got to call me when you get back and tell me everything. Yeah, I got to hear. I got to hear. That's going to be what quite a journey there. I, I suspect it will be. Yes, I, I know it will be. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm so looking forward to that. Well, um, we've gone over. I, thank you so much for being on here tonight. You, your you absolute pleasure every time. My pleasure, Sandy. Look forward to doing it again sometime. All right. Well, everyone, I want to thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Raising Vibration Radio. And remember to keep the love flowing out there and helping our, uh, our fellow human beings out there because we're all one, right? That's right. All right. Well, good night, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.